Hi, and welcome to another episode of This Expat Life. And today I'm talking to Vivian Arts, and she wrote to me on Instagram because she thought she had an interesting story and perspective to share here on the podcast. And Vivian is a Dutch New York-based vocalist, conductor, a composer with a focus on electronics, chocolate, multi-sensory experience design, as well as a clinical psychologist and faculty at Berklee College of Music in Boston. Welcome, Vivienne. So nice to have you here. Thanks for having me. So fun. Yeah. Can you share a little bit? I assume that you're now in New York, that you're calling from there. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Brooklyn. Um, I don't know. Uh, Brooklyn's pretty big. So the part in Brooklyn is uh, it's called Prospect Park Heights. It's, it's basically uh, there's Prospect Park. And then on the top of the park, there's the Brooklyn Museum and there's a botanical garden. And we're super close to those. And uh, basically, I could take the train or the subway um, to Manhattan in 15 minutes oh it's wow, still, I mean it's so close but yeah. I mean Manhattan is then you know big so if you want to go to like midtown and take you half an hour or so oh, okay wow so I already told you when we were chatting just before recording this that I've never been to New York never even to the states but I assume that everything is so big there so when you say it's only 15 or 30 minutes away it sounds a lot smaller than I thought it was it's a good deal yeah it's, <laughs> I mean yeah basically everywhere you go it doesn't matter where you live Everywhere you go in New York uh, would take you like half an hour, 45 minutes mm. because everything is everywhere. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter, uh, you know, where exactly you live, but there's always, yeah, there are always travel time. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Can you share a little bit more about how you got there? What is your story? Well, I got to Boston in 2012 and to study at Berkeley College of Music in the Netherlands. I grew up and I studied psychology and conservatory. And then I worked for a couple of years uh, as a psychologist and as a musician and a conductor. And then I, I decided I needed to just focus more on my singing because I was conducting a lot and I I really wanted to learn more. And I got this scholarship Um to go to Boston to study at Berklee College of Music in 2012. So that's quite quite a while ago. And uh, yeah, that's been quite the experience. Berklee is, is, I would consider, the best conservatory for jazz or non-classical, like day of pop and country and world music. Um, it's the best in the world. It's big. We have 7,000 students. Um, so it was like a musical candy store. I could just like take all these different classes and meet all these people and they would just get famous people to teach us as well. And you work with these people and it was just so fun. And then after a couple of years, I graduated. And in 2015, I moved from Boston to New York. I still work at Berkeley. So I go there <laughs> during the semesters in the fall and in the spring, not in the summer. But um, throughout the year, I'm just in New York and uh, wherever there's concerts. <laughs> awesome. So what was the reason that you decided to stay after graduating? Well, after I graduated, I was in Boston and I been visiting New York and there was the option to do after the student visa. Um, I got the option, they, they call it OPT, optional practical training. So for one year, you get sort of a free pass to work as a freelance musician for one year. Um, 
so I was like, okay, I need to do this. This is an opportunity to just see New York and see if I could just make it as a musician. And, you know, that's pretty intense anyway, but yeah, at least try yeah. it. So, and then my my then boyfriend, now husband was like, he was still in the Netherlands. He's like, okay, so you're going to New York. I want to join. So he actually did. So when I moved to New York, um, then he joined um, and he started to work in this really, really famous restaurant. He's a pastry chef. Um, and it's, it's the, the, the restaurant's called 11 Manson Park. And at that time, 2015, it was the third best restaurant from, uh, from the world. Um, wow. and in after, after that year, that first year in New York, um, it became the best restaurant of the world. And we both were like, wow, it's been just so amazing the the opportunities I got to play with amazing musicians to perform in super nice venues i mean in my first year in new york i performed at the blue note and that's for that jazz isn't... that's i don't know what the that thing. is <laughs> the blue note is more about it? the most famous jazz club in the world right the blue note is from blue note records and everybody has played there and that was my first entry and I played with some big names in jazz because I was just exposed to to that and they invited me to join the stage and so that first year in New York was just amazing and we were like well we're still not bankrupt let's just continue so I applied for artist visa and I got the artist visa in 2016 and I'm still on an artist visa so still uh, is there a deadline on the visa or can you stay as long as you have an income every three years you just extend it with a new portfolio and new proof that your the artist visa they, they call it the o1 visa the um o stands for outstanding so it's a on my visa it says outstanding alien with an extraordinary ability in in my case in the arts yeah <laughs> so you have to prove that you're outstanding and that you have an extraordinary ability and then so you hand in a bunch of paperwork which is like you know proof that you are having performances in the next three years with dates and like contracts and from like performance venues and musicians that you work with and you send them like your portfolio like all the records i produced and uh newspaper articles and just testimonials just so you send them all that and then uh yeah they they approve <laughs> but yeah that's that's you know it's paperwork nobody really likes that no and it often takes a long time but if it gives you another three years in uh, one of the coolest cities of the world yeah you're up yeah there. so i mean it's it's been like 10 years now on, on so so yeah and every day you know every time you do it it gets more easy because my my portfolio just grows right i have more exactly. documentation of, of my career so yeah yeah so, you know, I'm not really familiar with the music industry and I just, well, what I know is it's a tough industry to to get into, to make mm -hmm. a living from it. And maybe it's different with jazz, but I can also imagine that you, the US is not the easiest country to have your breakthrough in the music industry. So um, how was that for you? Because your first year was pretty amazing. You said you got to play the Blue Note right away. So was there a real struggle in the beginning or maybe later on? And um yeah, how did you find uh, building your name in the American uh, music industry? 
Well, America is so big. I wouldn't say it makes sense to build your name, right? I mean, what is fame anyway? I think the new model is just finding the people that love what you do and the people that show up to your concerts. So it's all about finding your niche. And I'm not a pop musician, so maybe that's a little different. So I make like, I mean, it's my music is is easy to listen to. It does have lyrics. It's it's not like super avant-garde, um, even though. I also have a project that is more like experimental. I mean, the, the one with the chocolate, obviously. We um, need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's just a process. In the beginning, you're like, oh, let me just do all the gigs, right? And you play small bars, you play background gigs, and you just take whatever you can. And then you find out different musicians that are part of your bands that you like, and maybe you like somebody else better. And just, so you create a sort of a community. The nice thing about New York is that it's just so big. There's so many opportunities. There's so many bars. There's so many cafes or clubs or performance venues. You can just like It's it's endless. And I think also the support network is really nice. So people really appreciate it if you work hard. And the sense of community between the musicians here, I, I really feel um yeah, that that's very valuable to me. Yeah, because yeah. there is enough work. It's hmm. just like you need to just hustle, right? You yeah. need to just move yourself to just get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's that's probably for everywhere in a music scene. Um, but in the Netherlands, I would say it's it's just a little smaller. So there's less yeah. gigs or more people. So people, I don't know. I always felt there's a different vibe, but there's amazing people in the Netherlands, uh, musicians. So yeah, yeah. I just felt here I, I could just be myself a little bit better. Mm. What makes that you can be yourself more than back home? Well, there's more color. Mm. Everybody, if you walk out the street, you go to Washington Square Park. There, That's like, a, I mean, that's a good example. Some some of my friends from Leiden, from the Netherlands, they went on a holiday and uh, he's uh, his name is Gideon and, and his, his wife is a rose. And they went, uh, he's a poet and she's like a, a designer. So they went to New York and, and they got back and they told me, now I get it while you're there. They, they described that they were sitting at Washington Square Park where there's this fountain. And it's famous because it feels like, I mean, they put like sort of an Arc de Triomphe. They put it next to it. So there's this arch and there's a fountain and it's a really cute square, but on the square it's, a sea of people there's people painting with chalk on the floor there's people mm -hmm. with little guitars there's people playing chess there's and they have all the different hairstyles they have all the different colors of clothing they are from all the different places in the world and they speak all the different like it's I, it's just so diverse and i think if you just want to wear you know pink hair and like it, nobody's like confused they're like oh yeah Just do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, I really appreciate that. You could just like be your crazy self. And I, I'm not super crazy myself, but, but I, I just appreciate that freedom. Yeah. yeah. I totally imagine that. I mean, I know 
the Netherlands feels a bit small and we have this saying in Dutch, you know, like um uh that you hope niet boven het maaiveld uitsteken. If I'm yeah. saying properly, I'm not even Don't sure. Don't put your head above the field because you get mowed down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or high trees take a lot of winds. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a couple of them. Exactly. So there's a real sense of like just, you know, fit in, behave normally, don't act more than you are or uh, or don't make too much fuss about yourself. And well, uh, it serves a purpose, right? In the Netherlands, it, mm-hmm. it has to do with the Calvinism. It has to do with sort of a liberal conservatism, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can be, you can do what you want, but uh, don't bother us. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we need to make sure that everybody is able to get the same treatment, and and we cannot have like outstanding situations. It should yeah, be exactly. all sort of the same to be able to help everybody so so yeah it's in a way it's 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 a great model but yeah it may be individual it's not always great (laughs) yeah yeah no i totally get what you mean um yeah so that's really cool so um you've lived there since 2012 right and Mm -hmm. that's over 10 years do you ever get sick of New York or of the US? Because I also heard from people that I know that the country has changed over the last few years. Obviously, you had the pandemic in New York City. Uh, that was a tough period, I think. So, yeah, how do you look at that? Well, New York as a city is pretty intense because there's just so many people. And it's there's just a lot of sound. So there's a lot of stimuli. So you have to make sure that you go out of the city occasionally and just get to different cities or different places that have nature. I mean, we live like right next to a park. So basically we, we do go there a lot um, to, and the park is really well designed. It's really big. And, uh, but yeah, we travel a lot and that's, that's a good balance because after a couple of months in New York, you're like, ah, it's so dirty here. Or like the people are like, you know so loud yeah you need some room (laughs) yeah you need to balance so so yeah we do but but I am fortunate enough to to be able to travel for my work that's that's part of what I do so yeah we still have a house in the Netherlands though so in Leiden so we visit that a couple of times a year and if I have a concert in Europe I can just do it and just or yeah Teddy can use the kitchen and just cook his desserts and yeah exactly yeah it's very convenient how was it in the during the pandemic well actually during the pandemic I was I flew out on a for a concert (laughs) in Europe and then the border closed so I was stuck in the Netherlands and Mm. my husband Teddy Teddy was in New York and he he was like this is not good. What do we do? And he took the last airplane back to the Netherlands as well. Um, so we left our, I mean, we rental empty. Uh, and yeah, for a few months, we, we didn't know how long it would last, but the travel ban was, um, yeah, we, we, we just couldn't go back. But my work continued. So I had to go online and just do the teaching and or, yeah, with Berkeley. Oh. <laughs> throughout the night and I got a few recording gigs and I started to work on my album but yeah so I was basically you know free during the day in the Netherlands uh, just yeah. sitting in, in the garden and just meeting the neighbors uh, and in the night I would just work <laughs> yeah 
And he's I mean, whatever work there was left because yeah, it was exactly. quite an identity crisis. No, having no gigs was really a slap in the face. Yeah, because I can that's imagine. just what I do. Yeah, exactly. You know, I love teaching, but it should be I should have both, right? I, I, yeah, I'm a musician first. So. Yeah. How did you deal with that? Well, we both of us because now by now Teddy we has performances too. We we create this art together, right? We he creates a um, massive edible dessert painting while I make sound. So that's that's a performance that we do, and we've been doing it well. And we were scheduled in the Guggenheim in August 2020, which obviously did not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, <laughs> the open is it was it it was supposed to be the, um, the final party of this exhibition that started in February 2020, and so Teddy went to the opening party, and I think he got COVID, but we, mm. we didn't know. there was no. <laughs> test or no nothing and uh, yeah but, but that party the opening party in the Guggenheim for that exhibition was really a lot of people from all over the world um so I'm sure there 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 maybe that was and then yeah and then a couple of weeks later the, the world closed so so the yeah that show didn't go no and, I mean oh Guggenheim is really cool but I'm sure there will be more cool there, stuff. Yeah, I'm um, sure. We'll so talk. yeah, we we're both sitting on the couch. No, I mean, yeah, we were just doing whatever was left of, of the work. I did a lot of education, obviously, and then did a lot of production. And then I was like, I need to start my album, my third album. And just like, since we're all home, let's do it remote. And uh, mm-hmm. I spoke to this um I mean the the whole concept was that I, I wanted to go to Congo long story show because we work with this chocolate brand i heard from this chocolate brand uh, about this project they have in congo where they pay the farmers uh, a living wage they plant a tree for every bar they because cacao needs mm-hmm. shade yeah i know yeah it's a good model and uh, there's 1500 female cacao farmers so i heard about this and i was like wow that's so cool so we wanted to go but then it was like rebellion groups and then there was like ebola and then it was corona so we couldn't every every year we couldn't go and i was like well but i still want to have like sounds and then the ceo of the brand chocolate brands was like oh there's this lady from the radio, from the BBC radio. She she has these interviews from 2016 and you should talk to her. And she was there and we talked and we she she just gave me all the sounds. So I got these sounds so what kind from of sounds? the jungle. Oh, okay. Interviews with these yeah. women chocolate farmers. Awesome. So she's talking about sustainability, planting trees, about the projects and the cacao and yeah the life there but I also have like extraneous sounds like birds and jungle sounds and mm. it's fantastic I have pick me singing it's wow. I mean it's beautiful I have their school they stay have like a language class and you you hear the school and yeah it, it's it was such amazing material so um I figured, you know, I have I have sounds. I can put this chocolate bar with my album. And then what we did was I just assigned um, a couple of arrangers, female arrangers, mm-hmm. um, to my songs that I composed. So I told my friends, hey, maybe you can change my song into your arrangement. And then one uh, friend from Sweden, she made my song into a choir song. And then so mm-hmm. that's, there was a, 
Cuban big band bolero song. So uh, all the songs are different. In between are these samples from the jungle, from from these female cacao farmers. So that was basically what we did during COVID. We just created a project and uh, I got some crowdfunding. I was able to pay everybody. Wow. Yeah. So we we were actually trying to just be busy and just not think about, you know, why am I not on stage? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, it's a good coping mechanism until you <laughs> work too much. Um, so this project was already in your head before Corona, if I understood yeah. correctly. Yeah, but then you totally yeah. worked on it. It was always busy, and I yeah. So it just with Corona, I was like, okay, I need something for me. I'm just only like working on a computer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, no, 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 this, this is really, I need to create my album now. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, creating an album is quite an expense. In my first year in New York, I knew I should make an, my third album, right? My Because my last album was just in my first year at Berkeley. So that was my, my first album came out in 2009 and my second came out in 2012. So that was the year that I moved. And so it's been a while. So I graduated and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I need to, I need to make my next album now. And, you know, I'm done. I moved to New York, New York. Let's, let's think about my next album. But then you need to make that time, but you also make that, you know, get your finances together and just save up for, for what you actually want to do. And just, so it just took a few years. (laughs) um yeah and then and then yeah and then with COVID it's like this is the moment and yeah then still this project took two years in the making it just came out like in March this year oh congratulations and have you been to Congo in the meantime well we're talking to a a couple people we want to schedule a trip and then bring the music to them and just because they're it's really in the middle of nowhere it's in the specifically Furunga State Park so it's a jungle. You have to, to to go exactly in the jungle uh, where they are. Um, it's, it's two days with a motorcycle on a mud road. <laughs> so it's really in the middle of nowhere. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no internet. They don't have a fridge. It's really like... It's just, very basic and remote. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not safe, right? So, but we're, we're working on, on planning a trip, I, hopefully next year. Yeah. Yeah. So you also get um a choc- a bar of chocolate when you buy your album. Did I hear that? That's correctly? right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. So how does it work if I buy your album in the Netherlands? Like someone just sends me a chocolate bar? Yeah, I have a distributor in the Netherlands. Oh, and yeah. I have one here. So yeah, that that's I mean in, in the summer it's a little hard with the temperature. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I can ship over the whole world. <laughs> yeah, cool. And so yeah. also for your album, there will be a tree planted, right? Yeah. Solved. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Yeah. Okay. So um, how do you see yourself like in the coming years? Like you said, you like living in New York. Uh, if you take a break from time to time, uh, the Netherlands feels too small for you. Do you see yourself living there in New York for the coming years? Or do you have even bigger plans? What? Uh, how does it look like? I think New York will be, will be what we're doing for the, for the next years um it has basically everything what i'm what i'm looking for at the moment um i do see us more traveling a little bit um 
this summer I'm going to San Francisco for a week for a project to sing with uh, Bobby McFerrin. And then in August, we're going to Korea for three weeks to mm. do uh, some concerts um, and see our friends. Um, so, yeah, I, I do see more traveling in the future. But, yeah, New York's just so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What uh, advice do you have for people who want to have what you have who want to you know get their foot in in the music industry uh in the us or in new york um what tips do you have for them well it's important that you know how all the legal stuff works you cannot just come and perform you, you do need a visa uh to work here and you, that means that if you just show up and there's a big risk in just like not following the yeah. rules. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, do your research on that. It is possible if you work hard and if you build your portfolio, it's always good to, to make sure that, you know, if you want to make a move like that, make sure that you have newspapers writing about you and just do things that are cool win make sure to sign up to win an award or all these things um do matter on your paper name, your name right. needs to be out there right yeah and yeah. yeah i i don't like competitions but you know it's it's part um of it yeah. i think for me connecting with my audience is, is the main the main thing i'm focused on and um you know, people that hear my songs and, and get the lyric or, yeah, are, are touched by, by the process of, mm -hmm. yeah. So, but yeah, it is a journey. And, but it's, it's also a lot about community making sure that, you know, you know where you go. Um, living in New York is pretty expensive. So you have to find a good deal. Mm -hmm. And after a while, you, you discover how you just cut your costs a little bit by just um, when we just got here, we signed up for this building called uh, the Jazz Dorms. And it's not sub it's not subsidized, but it's stabilized. So they cannot just raise the rent too much. Mm. Um, and they're very easy on musicians because in order to prove that you uh in order to to rent a place here you need a thing called credit score so you prove that you have been using your credit card a bunch and then if you just move here then you never you yeah. don't have that because yeah. you know you might have money on a bank but it, it it's no proof mm -hmm. <laughs> no credit score or or you need a contract with a job so that you know as a musician yeah. that's a little tricky um yeah so that's you know finding your way asking around if people have space no no spaces um you know be aware of scammers they they all there's so many stories i went one time i went for to check out apartment in harlem and this dude texted me yeah you should just go in this door the key is under the mat and i was like no i'm not going in some random no. place if i don't see a person opening the door for me oh that sounds like scam so I just I just left that was not that was not a real one but yeah so you just have to go by yeah got a little bit and 
Yeah, we've, we we are a member of this. That's a cool story. We're a member of a food cooperation a supermarket that is a cooperative supermarket. So you have to become a member and that's the only way to enter. But because mm-hmm. they all the members work two and a half hours every six weeks, even a doctor and a lawyer, they're all members. Yeah. And they don't have, have overhead cost and they can just like sell the products for the price that is actually the price yeah <laughs> because they basically they put a little bit on top of it that covers like electricity and lights and like so so the building is, is mm-hmm. cool <laughs> but that made our life really really it, it, it really improved our lives um, yeah. because the quality of the produce is really fresh and they have all these deals with the farmers and yeah, because, you know, you can find good food, but it's really expensive. Yeah, I imagine. Right? Yeah. I would just pay like $6 for a bell pepper. Wow. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why would I ever do that? I see these things in the Netherlands for 50 cents. So it yeah. just doesn't make sense for me. So, but then we go to the co-op. Or you pay like $12 for a piece of brie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that cheese, but no, yeah. I can't. And then, but at the co-op, it's like two dollars, oh, yeah. <laughs> because oh, it's wow. the real price, right? Fancy yeah. products they they boost the price because they know on fancy things they can just like make more money. I mean, mm-hmm. they're never gonna just like rip you off on toilet paper. Yeah, that's. I mean, maybe during COVID, I don't know what happened, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. That's so that really improved food. our lives. Yeah, yeah. To we're able to eat good food. And we bake bread. That's another thing we miss. Good bread. You know, we're, we're the, the Dutch are really amazing mm. with their breads and yes, their cookies. And the, I mean, being with a pastry chef, he he knows a lot about it. So we're <laughs> pretty, we're then. spoiled. But yeah, we decided to start baking our own bread to, um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Feel more That's, at home. Yeah. And I also hear you speak about community a couple of times. So I imagine that another tip that you could have is like to invest in your network, perhaps. Yeah, totally. Um, In both business and normal, I don't really define like, oh, this is really networking. I'd rather have somebody to be a nice person than being, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? It's some people are the happy handshakers and just like, hi, hi. And then when they find out that nobody, that it's, no business for them they just move on to the next happy handshaker so yeah. but no that that's not really what i do <laughs> i rather have a long-lasting relationship with somebody that's like true true insight and yeah yeah and in in the, in, in the these last years we we have been really growing our our friend group and they're from all over the world they all live in new york they have all these different professions and ambitions and talents and yeah, that's been really fun. And we do a lo- lot of dinners, um, obviously. Yeah. Um, so we cook and then there's like 20, 20, 30 people and they all oh, wow. dine. And yeah, it's really oh, fun. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Really nice. So um, one question that I always ask to all my guests, uh, and that is, what is your number one hack to make uh, living or traveling abroad easier? What is your answer to that? What do you have as a tip? I really travel light and yeah we just have carry on or even smaller because I don't really care about stuff I need my computer 
mm-hmm. and I need, you know, a performance dress or, you know, that stuff I need, but it's so much easier if, if you don't have to just lift all that stuff. So, yeah. but also for furniture, I choose all the minimal stuff. I mean, it's really like nice, but I don't need a lot of stuff. So if you really want to be flexible in your mind and in your life, then yeah, that's, that's a great approach. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's the one that is, has been the toughest for me. You're not the first one to share this tip. Um, I wish I was a light packer, but I, I'm just not, but I'm going to practice it more often because every time that I had to travel really light, it just, your, my mind became a lot more clear as well because you have so um, few choices. So there's a lot of noise, just you know, yeah. it gets taken away. So yeah, I totally Definitely. understand why you're saying that. When I moved, I digitalized all my sheet music, right? Because I had a whole wall of like scores with like piano yeah. music and like Broadway singing songs and like the, all the stuff. And I put everything digital. So now yeah. I can just use my iPad or my and when, on the Dropbox, I could just type it in and say, oh, let's find some Debussy or let's find some like some jazz tune. I, I can find everything. Yeah, so... These hacks, like making stuff digital, so I I don't have any paperwork. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I like books. I do a lot of audio books, um, or ebooks because it just you don't want to carry stuff. Yeah, I like that you digitalize all your sheets as well. Like uh, for a lot of work. musicians, or yeah, I, I can imagine <laughs> for starting musicians or uh, aspiring international musicians, this is also a great tip to uh, travel more light. So yeah, thanks for yeah. sharing. Vivian, where can people find you if they want to hear more about your music, your life in New York, your chocolate? Yeah, they can find me on my website, Vivian Arts. Uh, and then Vivian is, is all letters twice, V-I-V-I-E-N-N-E, and arts with A-E. R-T-S, it means earth in Dutch. And uh, yeah, my website, Instagram, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, all, all of them. <laughs> but uh, if you want to reach out, yeah, just send me an email. <laughs> yeah, I'll put the, some of it in the show notes so people, people can easily awesome. find you. Yeah. Great. Vivian, thanks so much for sharing your experience of building your career in New York. It was really interesting to hear this perspective because, you know, I know a lot of expats, but I know almost no artists and especially and I don't know anyone in the music industry. So this was really refreshing also for me. To right. Uh, this is such another uh, experience of uh, of being an expat, of living abroad. So that was it is different. Yeah. Nobody sent me here. I, I came and I had to yeah. just build everything. It's no no company pays my rent. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a different game. game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to staying connected with you. Thank you.